Welcome to Radiology Case Review, Varicocele. I'm Dr. Dan Colville from Radiologist Headquarters. This episode is sponsored by Samsung Ultrasound. The beautiful images that you're about to see were obtained on a Samsung RS85 Prestige Ultrasound Unit. I'm going to show three unique Varicocele cases and I'll review key teaching points throughout. Alright, starting with case one, this was an adolescent male patient presenting with a history of scrotal mass, and we're looking at a cine clip here showing a normal left testicle here, but then what's this tangled mass of anechoic tubular structures here that have a serpentine configuration? Well, those are the dilated veins of the pampiniform plexus, or varicocele. These are static images showing the vein at rest, measuring about 4 millimeters, but then it increases to nearly 5 millimeters with initiation of valsalva with the patient bearing down. If we measure those veins in a different location, we also see at rest about 4 millimeters with slight increase with Valsalva. When we had color Doppler imaging at the level of the spermatic cord in the inguinal canal, we could see these tubular structures have increased flow within them, confirming that they're indeed vessels, and they also track down into the scrotum. We can also look at that using power Doppler imaging, which is a bit more sensitive for detecting flow. And when we evaluate that on real time with Valsalva, you can see how the vessels expand the pressure is increased. You can see there's not much flow at rest, but then with Valsalva, we see marked increased flow. You can even see on grayscale, visibly they're increasing in size when the patient bears down. Let's discuss some key points for varicocele, and you can also find these in the episode show notes. So varicocele represents abnormal dilatation of pampiniform venous plexus, or the peritesticular veins. And these veins are responsible for controlling heat exchange in the scrotum. They're seen in about 15% of adult and adolescent males, and they're caused by incompetent or absent testicular vein valves. So the upper limit of normal for these peristesicular veins is about 2 millimeters, and we consider varicocele once they exceed 2 to 3 millimeters. In my practice, we use 3 millimeters as a cutoff. And flow within the varicocele is usually too slow to detect with color Doppler, but it's typically better seen with Valsalva or with standing position. And those two techniques are great to have as part of a varicocele protocol. Most of these, 85% will be left-sided, and about 15% will be bilateral. The theory behind that is the left testicular vein drains into the left renal vein at a 90-degree angle, and that combined with physiologic compression from the overlying supramesenteric artery against the left renal vein can increase pressure and venous backflow, and that's thought to be the cause of the increased risk of a left-sided varicocele. The right testicular vein, on the other hand, drains into the IVC at an acute angle, obliquely, so there's not as much chance for back pressure. And symptoms of varicocele, once they're large, they can cause scrotal mass or pain, but even small varicoceles can contribute to infertility and subfertility. And they're actually one of the more surgically correctable causes of male infertility. If indicated, they can be managed either with embolization of the testicular vein or even surgical ligation of the vein. All right, moving on to case two. So here we're starting in the left hemiscrotum, lateral to the testicle not shown. You can see there's this tubular structure here with these vague linear echoes in it, indicating a vessel with slow flow. When we measure that, it's about 4 millimeters with slight increase in size with Valsalva. And again, these curvilinear low-level echoes indicate slow flow within this vein, consistent with varicocele. But we want to add color or power Doppler flow. And you can see that some of the areas do have flow. It's markedly increased with Valsalva. And we even see some reversal of flow due to the different color indicating the opposite direction. And these findings are consistent with varicocele. But now when we look at the right hemiscrotum, we find a similar but less pronounced finding. We have another varicocele measures about 3 millimeters with Valsalva. When we add power Doppler flow, we can see that there's some flow initially, but with Valsalva, it markedly increases due to reflux. And we also see some flow reversal. So key points for this case, again, varicocele can be bilateral in 15%. 
And then just to comment on grading without talking about a specific system of grading, there are certain features to keep in mind that you see more with low grade compared to high grade varicoceles. So if you only see reflux with Valsalva, that's typically a lower grade varicocele, but if it's seen at rest, that's typically higher grade. When the location is only in the inguinal canal or just above the testes, that's usually lower grade. Whereas if the varicocele is below the testis, that's usually a higher grade varicocele. And then finally, if the vessels are only seen in the standing position due to enlargement versus those that are present in the supine position, like the cases I've been showing you, that's usually another way to differentiate low grade and high grade. So these are just important features to keep in mind to determine the severity of a varicocele. All right, final case, case three. So here we're starting with the right scrotum. We have a normal right testis here in this transverse view, but then notice these dilated veins of the pampiniform plexus here. So we can evaluate that with Valsalva, and we also want to measure these, and they measure about three millimeters consistent with varicocele. Let's take a look at that with Valsalva and power Doppler imaging, and you can see that there's a robust increase in flow due to reflux, indicating that this is indeed a right varicocele. Now there was no left varicocele, so what would be the next step if you're imaging a patient and you find solitary or isolated right-sided varicocele? Yes, if you said image the abdomen, you would be correct. So here we switch to a curved transducer, which has increased beam penetration to evaluate the deeper abdominal structures. And you can see there's this large lobular heterogeneous mass here in the retroperitoneum. It's effacing the inferior vena cava where the right testicular vein would be draining in. And we have the aorta here. This is actually the spine here and the spinal cord. When we add power Doppler imaging, you can see just how effaced that inferior vena cava is. There's the aorta with flow and the mass is quite large. It measures about nine centimeters. On a sagittal view, we can get a better look at how a face that inferior vena cava is. Here are the iliac veins. And also on color Doppler, the vessel is extremely narrowed. On power Doppler, we do see some flow within this mass, which makes it further suspicious for neoplasm. When we had microvascular flow imaging, or MV flow in this case, it's a great way to evaluate for slow flow in small caliber vessels, or particularly intratumoral flow. And we can see marked vascularity here, highly suspicious for tumor. And this was biopsied, and it was indeed a conglomerate metastatic lymphadenopathy. And that's what was causing the right varicocele key points for this final case. So solitary right varicocele raises concern for compression of the right testicular vein from a retroperitoneal mass. Because remember that right testicular vein drains obliquely into the IVC and it's much less likely to have physiologic backflow. And when you see that, ultrasound of the upper abdomen should be considered not only if you have an isolated right-sided varicocele, but if you have bilateral varicocele and the right side is asymmetrically enlarged. However, most patients typically present with additional signs and symptoms of malignancy. There was a study by Dr. Gleason published in the AJR, which discovered that no patient in their cohort was found to have an unsuspected malignancy for which isolated right-sided varicocele was the only presenting sign. So typically these patients will present with other findings of malignancy or metastatic disease. And that was true in our case as well. This patient actually presented with cervical spine metastatic disease, and then the varicocele and retroperitoneal tumor were found as a later secondary finding. So while it's important to further evaluate these solitary right varicoceles, the yield will likely be lower if there are no other findings suspicious for malignancy or metastatic disease. Thank you again to our sponsor, Samsung Ultrasound. If you like this lecture, please subscribe to the video podcast or on YouTube. To see bonus teaching material that I post throughout the week, click the YouTube community tab or follow us on social media. Until next time, radiology is life.